the group that most wanted to be back in the office, the group that polls highest for return to office is the entry level and call it the first five years of your career. Well, hold on. These are the millennials, or I'm sorry, the Gen Zs. These are the Gen Zs. Gen Zs should want all the freedom and they're they're the most technologically advanced. There's no reason that they need to go in this old traditional office environment. Why is that? It's the coaching. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. Let's talk today about why office exists. It seems like an interesting topic these days. People sort of have forgotten why. Isn't office like a four letter word? I guess it is. I guess it is. (laughs) Well, today we are going to make it really easy. We have the six C's of why office exists. And the first one is, the first two rather, are collaboration and creativity. And I want to start with the idea that uh, an office, what does an office do? It houses a workforce or a group on a shared mission. And what's interesting is in a, in a, in a functional office environment, people come from a lot of backgrounds. You might have people, you might have a CEO that lives in a very fancy neighborhood. You might have other people that live in less fancy neighborhoods. You might have people commuting from different cities and different towns. They come with their individual story. They come with their history. They come with their work experience. And what an office does and what an office can do is provide a sheltered, curated, uh, culture, cultured, uh, essentially an environment where those things can come together mm-hmm. and the, the distractions mm-hmm. can be removed and uh, the greatest effectiveness can be created. So... I think that's one thing an office does really well. It t- it provides a spot for collaboration against all across all sorts of parties with all sorts of different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and helps them focus into one uh, individual spot and one individual mission, and that leads to creativity. Yeah, and uh, interestingly, along the lines of creativity, I was listening to someone who was a part of the original Pixar when it started out this small group collaborating and creating some of the greatest animated films, you know, of all time. And he was talking about that creative environment and how you create that creative environment. And it is always a physical space Mm -hmm. because you have to physically be there. And we're in the investment business. So we could say, ah, creativity, who needs it? Not, not really important. Quite the contrary. Investing is as much an art as it is a science. Mm-hmm. And the, our ability to solve problems, to think creatively about how we're addressing issues, how we're attacking a strategy, you, you just can't do it sitting in your room in your you know, cramped apartment or the uh, closet that you've taken over as an office in your home. I think we sort of live in a commoditized world where our time is commoditized. My phone, even as I'm sitting in this interview, has dinged and buzzed, and it's trying to tell me things, some of them important, some of them not as important. Um, Some of them are reminders that were said a long time ago. Um, But our mission requires original thinking, original thought. It requires a white space where we can develop and execute plans, hold each other accountable, build friendship and bonds. Uh, and it's almost a luxury to get to work in an office with coworkers on a regular basis. Yeah. We all, we all leave 
we all have chosen to leave our other worlds behind for a bit and to come here and to do our specific mission together. Yeah. And that is a lux- sort of a, an ancient luxury. It's something you don't see as much anymore. You know, there was a study that I was reading that, that, sa- that essentially said that in high-performing office environments, employees prefer to be in the office. Mm-hmm. But the flip side was it showed, you know, quantitatively through surveys in low performing office environments, less productive office environments, people preferred to work from home. And so this that really touches on when people when people come to the office, they're making a choice. They're saying, this is where I want to be. And now it, it used to be which office environment do I want to be in? Now it's, do I want to be in the office at all? Yeah. And so as employers, it becomes even more important that when when an employee walks into the door, this is a place that they want to be. This is a place where they thrive and they grow. And a big part of that, one of the other C's, is culture. Culture eats strategy for lunch. I think mm-hmm. that was a famous Peter Drucker quote. Culture is, it, it is the currency really under which we trade compensation it sh- they show time and time again that compensation is one of the things that people look at when they're deciding to stay with a company or move but it's never the number one yeah. it's always down the list four five six culture is something that makes people i, I mean there's two sides of that <laughs> the the bad culture makes people not want to be there not want to show up n- dreading going to work but what we find in our company is Culture is a dynamic, exciting, and invigorating, energizing force. Yeah. We when we when we walk in the office, it's a it is a fun place to be. People have mutual respect for each other. They enjoy the work they do. We operate at a world class, and that the culture that that goes through that office, you 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 absolutely cannot replace that. So companies that that have a poor culture. Yes, outsource, get out of the office. In fact, your company might do better being out of the office than in the office. But companies that have a, a you know, dynamic and energizing culture, you, can't, you absolutely can't replace that with a virtual environment. Think about what people want. They want more good stuff and less bad stuff. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your company has a lot of bad stuff in its culture, if you walk in and feel poorly about yourself, if you walk in and think about the politics you need to navigate that day to stay afloat, it's a drag to come in the office. You're better off at home where you're buffered from the daily politics. Maybe uh, the antagonist won't call you that day. Maybe you can play defense better. But if you work in an office that has a tremendously positive culture, that's empowering, that helps you be a better uh, person and better worker, better employee, better manager, than you would be on your own. If, if you're collectively better as a group than you are as an individual, then you want to be at the office because that's where collectively things uh, get better. And it's important to know with culture, there's a, that gets deeper than just good and bad. This gets to like the psychology of communities. This gets to um, our inner workings of wanting to build our self-esteem and be effective. Culture is the water we swim in. Culture is the air that we breathe, and 
uh, having a positive culture leads to uh, tremendous outcomes. And I think that an office building, good, bad, or otherwise, is a great place for a company to hold and contain yeah. its culture so that when it, those people walk in the door, they are lifted when they walk in. And they, uh, it, it's, it's a positive thing. So you, you can I, almost... I'd add real fast, though, Ryan. Yeah, like we, yeah. we are really careful about our culture here. Our, our front, our admin staff that's at the front of the office, when you walk in, they see themselves, and we, we train around this, that they are customer service people. Our highest cost is our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- w- we make sure that the coffee pot is full, that the <laughs> kitchen is stocked, that there is food regularly, that when they come in, they are greeted and appreciated because we appreciate them and we rely on them. Yeah, you can almost call an office building a culture keeper. Yeah. And that can, again, be good or bad, but it embodies... You know, the, the culture of a company is contained within the walls of that place. Yeah. You know, another one of the C's that we talk about is coaching. What, what's interesting, again, another survey that, that showed recently was um, senior level people, uh, they liked being in the office. And, and I, if I remember correctly, the conclusion was more around their traditional nature of being in the office and being in the office felt like work. The mid-level, the those who are kind of like mid-career, they were the ones least wanting to be in the office because they had already started their career, they knew where they were going, and they were also, by the way, in their personal life at a stage in their life where they have a lot of other pulls. And so, you know, the the, the appeal of being a home, home or not spending time in the commute was important. The group that most wanted to be back in the office, the group that pulls highest for return to office is the entry level and call it the first five years of your career. Mm -hmm. Well, hold on. These are the millennials, or I'm sorry, the Gen Zs. These are the Gen Zs. Gen Zs should want all the freedom and they're, they're the most technologically advanced. There's no reason that they need to go in this old traditional office environment. Why is that? It's the coaching. It is the, the mentoring. It's the mentoring aspect. They intuitively have this desire to learn, to, to be inculcated with the wisdom, the collective wisdom of those who have been in the business longer. And so they know how important that culture or that, um, I'm sorry, the coaching aspect is. Yeah. You can't coach through a, a Zoom meeting. You just can't. Not very well. You can supplement. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, exactly. <laughs> I, the, the last part to this would be convenience and concentration. Uh, and certainly an office can create that. When you're working from home or an apartment, uh, I've got kids and a wife and a puppy and, uh, you know, a house that requires uh, effort to maintain. There are, when you're in the culture, when I'm in the culture of my house, it's, for me personally, it's pretty hard to separate. There are other demands that I care about. My daughter walks in the door and wants to talk, and I want to talk to her. And um, But it's helpful for me to be able to uh, compartmentalize my life a little bit and to come to work and do epic work in an epic location yeah. and then go home and do try to be an epic father and husband and home person. But both of those, it's funny how like place makes makes a thing i mean the same way when you dress up 
if you wear a suit and tie, you tend to feel like a suit and tie kind of person. And if you're wearing shorts and flip-flops, you feel like a short shorts and flip-flops kind of person. Well, when you're in a house, you feel, it. for me, yeah. I feel like a home person. And when I come to work, I've got my game face on and I'm here to move the mission of the company forward. And um, work is designed, an office building is designed to remove uh, uh, distractions. So you come to a, an office building, hopefully it's quiet. Hopefully you have a place where you can concentrate. Hopefully your computer is set up in, in a perfect way so you can see the things you need to see, the inputs, and make the decisions you need to make. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's obviously air conditioned and it's there's snacks or there's a refrigerator, but I mean, the things, all the things that you could need to a, accomplish a, a work mission should be yeah. in an office building. And those uh, aren't laid out quite that way in a home. Well, and when you talk about convenience, on the one hand, we, we think of, okay, uh, there's a coffee machine, you know, there's a, a stock supply room, you know, whatever. But convenience also is... It relates to the efficiency of getting work done, the convenience of I've got a problem. I know that Sarah is right down the hallway and I can go talk to Sarah and she's going to give me the answer that I need. She's going to help me solve that problem. So part of that convenience is the convenience of the, the shared mind that is available. I was talking to a friend who, um, their their company um, it's a large winery actually and they they were all working from home and he was talking about how he went in the office and there was a particular issue that that arose and it just so happened that the two other people that would be able to solve that issue were in the office also and he was talking to me about how the the efficiency with which they got that issue solved was unparalleled when when they were working remotely it was are you on a zoom meeting okay you're not i got to schedule a zoom then i got to get this other person on the zoom then we're all going to talk together and after that we're going to have follow-up zoom meetings and yet when you're in the office that convenience of being able to get together and huddle and solve the problem efficiently yeah yeah so i think in today's world the big question is the both and how do you channel uh a, a great culture, highly convenient, coachable office, mm -hmm. and make use of technology, make use of talent that is remote. And I, I think that we're not talking today about how there should only be an office. We're talking about how an incredible office uh, can be accentuated by a, a technological platform and by talent in other areas. And I, yeah, even today in our company, we have somebody who works remotely in another state who works for us or does work for us. We have a few people who drive into the office one or two days a week and they work because of the distance of where they drive and the type of work they do. We have other people who have flexible work environments. So I think the, the, uh, the broader theme is that the centrality or the necessity of that place of work is really critical. And yet what we've learned through this environment is that there are a lot of nuances to that. It's not, and, and larger companies by their very nature, they have to take a structured, we're doing this, we're doing that. As a small company, we have the ability to understand people's situation, to understand the dynamic of the type of work that they do and 
fit the work, the, the most effective work environment for that person. Mm-hmm. So kind of rounding out, one of the things that we recognize through COVID and this mass work from home environment is that um, we all recognized that permanent work from home only works for some people. <laughs> you know, it only works for certain roles, for certain aspects. And coming back to the office, what we've recognized is that um, the office is important. The, the, the six C's that we talked about are an important reason why the office exists. And yet today we are in a flexible environment that allows a lot more variations of how that work gets done. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit grisadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investors tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.